This is Halftime Adjustments on WPXI Now. And happy Wednesday. Welcome into Halftime Adjustments. I'm Jenna Harner, joined by Chris Carter from our friends and partners at DKFitsforsports.com. Chris, we got to start here with playoff hockey. The Penguins, two games in, it's tied one-to-one. They had that big two-to-one win over the Islanders on Tuesday night after the overtime loss to the Islanders on Sunday. And it's funny because we were talking and playoff hockey brings out, I feel like, the best in everybody. It is, without a doubt, the best playoffs in all of sports but it definitely tends to bring a little bit more. It heightens everything, including that sense of panic. And I think a lot of fans were feeling a lot of that after Sunday in a game that they didn't play terribly at all. Jari, a little tough, wasn't his best game by any means, but then they turn around and play the way that they did last night. Jari makes 37 incredible saves. I I do think it's a, it's, it's just wild how fans can get. I'll say this first. Playoff hockey ain't the best playoffs. I'm sorry. You still got NFL playoffs. You still got college basketball, March Madness. Those break. I mean, just look at the ratings. Uh, just the, the Stanley Cups ranks a distant, like, fourth behind things. Yeah, I think college football playoffs, even with two or three games, go above Stanley Cup playoffs. Just I'm, just I'm just looking at the ratings and how many people watch each. But I will say this. Penguins fans, if you're one of the people who was saying that they're done and they're finished after game one, and now you're saying that they're back to the being Stanley Cup contenders, what are you doing? What are we doing? What are we doing here? Because, and, and Jenna, I said this from the jump back in, what was it, March, back in, not even March, we can go back to like October when I was on this, this very show, I was on the final word, I was on DKPittsburghSports.com, and I'm I'm not the hockey guy. I'm the football guy. I'm the basketball guy. I cover all these different sports and I come in on hockey just to just like, Hey, this is what I am seeing. But I said from the jump, this Penguins team has a core to compete. And that yes, there's a lot of other really talented teams in the East and all the things that they're going to have to go up against. And the Bruins are tough and the Capitals are tough and the Flyers were tough before they just fell apart. But and I acknowledge those are challenges, but we knew this team could do this. We knew this team could fight. Why is it that now it's all of a sudden it's like, oh, it's just it's a miracle that they pulled off game two. You know, they were going to compete at any point in time. Could they still lose the series? Sure. It, it, again, playoff hockey. And I do get playoff hockey. It, it can be very random. It can be very crazy. But again, you get several games to, to, to prove it. And this is a team that's shown they're not just going to go down easy without putting up a fight in these games. They used to be that in the early 2010s. I think that they had to learn that when they had Dan Bilsma and they were getting swept by the Bruins. You know, those type of things happen. But this team, they've been through those wars. They've got the leaders that are there. And you got a guy in Jeff Carter, because it's always good to get a Carter on your team. You got a guy in Jeff Carter who they're saying is adding swagger to the locker room. This team ain't going out like no punks. That's that. That's where I'm at about about the Penguins, and I'm just I, I like you said. There's the good part of the fans and playoff hockey, and then there's the bad part of the fans and fans. Just 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 enjoy the moment, enjoy the ride, and and do freak out because there's times to scream when it's going down. But at the same time, you got to respect it. This is an awesome team to be watching right now because of how talented they are. And I think everybody just kind of automatically, especially the way that sat, or Sunday's game went. It felt a little bit similar to 2019, the first game, game one. It was back and forth, both teams trading opportunities. The Penguins score a late goal to force overtime, and then the Islanders win it in overtime. I think a lot of people have continuously been going back to that series. 
even though it's an entirely different team. This Penguins team is so different. Yes, they are going to have to score more goals in order to win games, but we know the style of play that the Islanders bring. And we even saw throughout the season, there was only a couple games between these two teams during the regular season that were really high scoring, um, you know, where the Penguins had like a mm-hmm. three, four, five goal lead type thing. That's not going to be the case. I think everybody knew that coming into the playoffs. They, and the guys have told us pretty much all week leading up to the start of the series. And even throughout this week so far, it's, you know, these are going to be close, tightly contested games. You're going to have to find ways to win games two to one, three to two, those close games where you have a one or two goal lead and you hold on it. And that's exactly what we saw from this team last night. Yes, they needed Jari to step up and be better. And that's exactly what he did last night. I don't even think really you can fault him for Josh Bailey's goal. I know obviously everybody all all of a sudden is, you know, oh, the high glove side, the high glove side, shades of Matt Murray here. You can look at, I think you got to take Sunday's game, and Tuesday night's game and kind of look at Jari's performance in both of those. I mean, that goal that Josh Bailey had last night was beautiful. I'm not even going to. No, uh, I agree. And again, look at the whole picture here. Yes, you can stare at the at the really bad moments and say, my goodness, this is but but it's good to say in that moment, hey, this was bad. And this is how I evaluate film. You know, I don't say, you know, Ben Roethlisberger had a horrible playoff game against the Browns, but he's not a bad quarterback. It's not he's doomed to play like that for the rest of his career. It just means, hey, he had a bad night. Let's see if he rebounds. And the good thing about the NHL playoffs is you get you get you get a several games to rebound. You can lose a couple games, even if they had lost game two. I would not have said they're definitely out of this. There's no way they can come back from this because I've seen playoff hockey teams. Heck, I've seen playoff NBA teams come back down from 3-0. It's very possible when you've got the talent and it's clear the Penguins got the talent that you can battle back in that situation. So Penguins fans, relax. R-E-L-A-X. Relax when you start to panic there. And I understand there's a lot of there's a lot of anxious and anxiety, and you're like, oh man, I can't. I, you know, I'm not sure if this, you know, and you know how quickly you can be out of the playoffs, but this is a team that's, you're not dealing with a bunch of rookies. You're not dealing with a whole bunch of guys in their mid twenties that are just figuring out what it means to be competitive. You still have Sidney Crosby. You're hoping Malkin can get, can get healthy, stay healthy, play and get, get through this. You do got the goalie situation that you're, con, that you're a little concerned about and you're hoping Jari can be healthy because you know, the Smith, the Smith's injury, but with Jeff Carter there, you've got Tanev who I think is bringing great presence in the, in the playoffs defense and hitting people and the way that the tone that he's setting and, and on the, on the ice and the off the ice with the way that he's like pushing around Sidney Crosby in the box. There's a lot of things to be excited about. Just enjoy this team. Let's see how they go, how they play in New York. A whole lot of fun game three set for Thursday night on the Island. Big game ahead. Well, be sure to stick with us on halftime adjustments. We are going to take a quick break, but coming up after we are talking some Hall of Fame inductions and a big announcement from one of the Steelers inductees. Stick with us. And welcome back to Halftime Adjustments. I'm Jenna Harner, joined by Chris Carter. We are switching gears a little bit. We are going from the ice to the football field, and maybe we're even stepping off the field, but we're going to Canton, going to the Hall of Fame. That's where Troy Palomalu is headed, of course. And Chris, he made a pretty special announcement on social media earlier this week, didn't he? Yes, he did. He, he announced that Dick LeBeau, his longtime defensive coordinator, who was his coordinator for all but his rookie season, 
He's going to be his presenter at, at, at in Canton, Ohio, this summer in August when they when he's when his induction ceremony is held. Now. This summer is already going to be special. You got Heinz Ward presenting Alan Fanica. You got Bill Cower going in. You got Donnie Shell going in. Bill Nunn already kind of had his a, a private induction ceremony a, a couple of weeks ago or uh, right before the draft. But Troy Polamalu, to me, is the crown jewel of all of these guys because not only is he recent, but he's one of the greatest safeties to ever play the game of football. And now... He's getting one of the greatest defensive coordinators in the history of the game to introduce him. And anybody who knows the history of Dick LeBeau with the Steelers, when you know, he was there in the 90s for a little bit, came, but went back to the Bengals, bounced around a little bit. But when he came in 2004, from 2004 to 2012, four times they were the number one scoring defense. Five times they were the number one defense in total yards allowed. And of course, during that time, they also won two Super Bowls, and went to three behind that defense. And in the middle of those defense, if you had to pick two of the most important people, you could say James Harrison. You could say James Ferrier. You could say maybe Casey Hampton would be in the mix for being a run stuffer. But chief among them is Troy Polamalu for being the ultimate X factor that flew all over the field. And Dick LeBeau, who drew up a zone blitz scheme, so much so that his zone blitz scheme reportedly was the center of the reason and the main motivation for the Patriots to execute a Spygate scheme to learn how do they do that? Because when Tom Brady first took on the Steelers, when Dick LeBeau took over a defensive coordinator, they destroyed him. And that was Ben Roethlisberger's rookie season. And then the, the, the next times, they understood the defense a little bit better. But that's because Dick LeBeau's schemes and schematics, the way that he put that defense together allowed for so much disguises, so, such a, a, an, an era of dominance that that you, that you don't see stretch out that long too often in the NFL, especially on defense. And again, Polamalu being at the center of it, a team first guy, a guy who uh, who believed in the system, who was always humble but always proud. You know, and, and for him to pick Dick LeBeau, a guy who's already in the Hall of Fame with the tenth most interceptions of all time at sixty-two, and a guy who I mean, this is a guy Jenna. I don't know if you ever heard the stories. He would he would read the night. It was the night before Christmas every Christmas Eve to the team. It was just, it was just that that's, he was, he was, he was, he was the grandpa of the team. And that's the, the chemistry that's there on top of him being a great person. You have him being an, an excellent co coordinator and it's just too perfect that these guys are going to get to share that moment together. And Chris, I'm, you know, I didn't grow up in Pittsburgh. I was born and raised in Connecticut. I was not born and raised a Patriots fan though. I will <laughs> stop that, that now. <laughs> emphatic this has been great because you know the last two places i've lived between pittsburgh and buffalo everybody hated tom brady as much as i did growing up so you know we uh we definitely enjoyed that but you know troy palomala was just a household name like yeah. I, growing up i knew who he was i loved watching that steelers defense because of what they were able to do obviously under the guidance, leadership, all of that, and all the above of what Dick LeBeau brought to that defensive group. But just how much does this mean for kind of both of their legacies here? It means it means a ton. I mean, just for this, just for one, for Paul Marlowe to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, it needed to happen. There were some that were questioning it because he only has like 32 interceptions, which doesn't put him, you know, in the range of the most of all time. But anybody who watched the Steelers defense, and, and I wrote about this for DKPittsburghSports.com. One, I wrote the morning, the, I wrote Wednesday morning that he better be, Dick LeBeau has to be the pick. And then it was announced Wednesday afternoon that he was the pick. Um, but 
when you look when you look at the reasoning and you and you look at the 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 discussion there Dick LeBeau when he talks about what Troy's role was he's like Troy's role was what Troy wanted it to be I just got the heck out of the way and let him be who he was because Troy Polamalu could play the deep safety and get catch a one-handed interception over a first round draft pick uh, wide receiver that had like a good four or five inches on him, but he could also jump over the line at the very right moment and, t- and tackle your quarterback before the play even begins. And I mean, to me, you know, people talk about what's the greatest Pittsburgh moment, sports moment that's happened in Pittsburgh. It's in, 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 at least in my lifetime in the past 32 years uh, of being in Pittsburgh. Some people will point to the blackout game for the Pirates. Some people will point to some of the Penguins playoff games. But to me, the number one moment was Troy Polamalu, one, doing what I talked about, jumping over the pile and stopping Joe Flacco on a fourth and fourth and inches in that AFC championship game in 2009. But also, it was the pick six. I still, I, I like to go back and watch through the highlights and see how fans, re- I'd never heard a, as loud a boom of a roar and a reaction and just a unified moment where Pittsburgh was like, this is it. We've won. This team is going to the Super Bowl. This is what everyone wanted. And Troy Polamalu did it, returned it for a touchdown and set an ultimate tone for that team to go on and win a Super Bowl. To have that with Dick LeBeau and, and the things that he brought with the culture, with the leadership, with the, with the, with the genius part of his, his planning. It's just too awesome. And, and I think it's great for Pittsburghers who experience those moments to be able to look back and, and, and say, wow, what, what kind of, how special were we to be able to enjoy that for over a decade? It really is just going to be such a special weekend with all of the Steelers, obviously, because of what happened last year with things being postponed, just all the big mm-hmm. Steelers names celebrating these huge, huge, huge milestones. And we are really looking forward to that weekend. Well, we're going from Steelers past to Steelers present when we return. Stick with us on Halftime Adjustments. And once again, welcome back to Halftime Adjustments. I'm Jenna Harner. He's Chris Carter. And we are talking about Steelers rookie minicamp. It's almost, it's been a couple days. They wrapped things up on Sunday. Obviously today is Wednesday, but Chris, you and I were both in these Zoom press conferences. Um, man, it's so hard not to just smile when Najee Harris comes on for his press availability because he brings everything to the table and he's not shying away. And if you don't ask a question the right way, he's going to let you know about it. Bro, what? That, like, that, that to me, I'm like, this guy hasn't set one foot on a field and he's already getting, he's already a meme for, for Steelers fans. Yep. This is, I do have to say, one thing that's really refreshing about Najee Harris is that you often get rookies who come in and they may be talented. They may be, they may know that they're really going to be good, but they're reserved. I'm, I'm just here to make the team better and I'm just going to do my best. And I just want to do what coach is telling me to do and do and say all the right things without saying anything wrong. Najee Harris is like, look, I'm going to tell y'all how I feel. I'm going to tell y'all what it is, but also keep it real with you. And that is so refreshing. And here's the thing is that 
you get those those cocky moments. Like the, the two moments that stood out to me the most when he when, when Dale Lawley asked him about catching one handed passes, and he's like, "Did you watch me, Alabama? How long you been covering the Steelers?" I mean, he asked Dale Lawley, who's been covering the Steelers since before Najee Harris was born, "Have you been? How long have you been covering the Steelers?" And then he was he was like, "Man, like like he jokes around with him." Um, you you listen to the way that he responds to those moments and and the confidence that booms from him, but then. You also you also get to see how he's humble in the moments where someone asks, like, do you see yourself being a leader? And in that moment, he said, hey, you know, I'm uh, he's like, I'm here to help guys where I can, but I'm a rookie and there's plenty of leaders already on this team. And it's that mentality, Jenna that I think comes from a player, not only of the character and, and, and outstanding uh, uh, presence that, that Najee Harris brings, but a person who's been through a, an, an uh, institution, a system that knows how to breed those kind of leaders. We see that with Minka Fitzpatrick coming from Alabama and Nick Saban's guys. Minka has been a superstar since he set foot on the field for the Steelers. He's been all over the place, but you've never seen him once try to outstep Joe Hayden, who is the undisputed leader of the secondary. Najee Harris is coming in and saying, and here's the thing, there is no Joe Hayden in the running back room. There's, it, it's, it's Benny Snell, Kalen Balazs, Anthony McFarlane, Jalen Samuels. Nobody's proven themselves. Najee, in the, back, in, in the front of his mind, forget the back of his mind, he knows he's the starter going into this season. And yet he's still sitting here being like, I'm going to follow the leadership of those guys and learn from them before I try to step up and be a leader as a rookie. That's humility. That's wherewithal. That's and that's leadership before even being a leader. Cause the first thing you need to do before your leader is learn to follow. And it's so funny. You mentioned just, you know, him, that being a product of Nick Saban's Alabama football team. I mean, mm -hmm. I have friends that were reaching out when Najee was drafted here and said, you know, one, Oh my gosh, Pittsburgh got an amazing guy. And then two, when I was telling one of my friends who was a reporter in Rochester, um, we were talking about Harris's press conference uh, that day where he, you know, was saying all these things and just bringing his personality that we saw. And he was just being so upfront and honest with everything and giving his true reaction. Um, you know, I said, one, I laughed because he thought that we, the media, the practice, <laughs> we were boosters. We were like, no, 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 we are not, we are not boosters. I would love to have the life of a booster, let me tell you. First, first of all, if there were Steelers boosters watching a game, for, watching a, a, a rookie camp practice, they would not look like Jenna Hunter and myself. They'd no. be out there in jorts, in tank tops, with, with terrible towels, Twirling and being and being like Yin's gone down there. And make sure you runs the touchdown. That's that's what a booster from Pittsburgh would look like. But but it's still it's but it's that it's that honesty because honest honestly Jenna when we were well, I I don't know you I thought he was joking when he said that at first but he genuinely believed the reporters were boosters and it's like wow he had the confidence to say that and kind of just be like laugh that off like wow that's not what happened there and keep this this hilarious press conference going while also being informative being humble be, bringing it back and talking about the things he needs to do there's so much to like about Najee Harris and and again there's a lot to like about all of this rookie class I think there's plenty of great things we've heard from them but he's continuing to show like man it don't look like the Steelers missed at least on a character guy for being their first round pick and he's just unapologetically himself. And he yes. said that to us when he was drafted. He's like, you know, oh, I'm, I'm just me. This is who I am. Mm -hmm. And we're really, really starting to see that. <laughs>
It, he Brian Batko asked him uh, for uh, he asked him like, "Hey, like, are you gonna blend in with the team?" He's like, "I don't blend in nowhere." And I was like, "Okay, guy, okay, okay Najee Harris, I feel that right there." But it's, it's like what you said. He is he is authentically himself. Yeah. And I think it was just so interesting because I had asked him too. I was like, you know, obviously it's very, very fresh, you know, day two of rookie minicamp, but what is your impression? What's the first taste of life in the NFL like? And he, you know, he answered it really well. And he's like, you know, honestly, though, you got to ask me this at the end of the season when I really have that. And I respected that because of course, you know, we're just, I'm looking to see kind of, you know, what his first reaction was, how his first taste of things were, but he was like, you know, things have been great so far. I, I did laugh too. when he told us, I think it was someone else's question is when he said, you know, well, I don't have homework to do anymore. So I have a lot more, <laughs> he said, you have a lot more free time to study film, to be able to learn the playbook. And, yes. you know, again, we don't know him to a T to the way that, you know, his family, his friends, his teammates do, but you get the sense that it's like, he's genuinely saying this. He's not just saying this because we're asking him these questions and he know he has a duty to answer our questions. He was so, you could see the excitement in his face. He's like, yeah, I have so much more free time. Like, I can't wait to study. I can't wait to read. I mean, the, the way he talked about the playbook, like you said, and because I, I, we, you know, we asked him, you know, about learning. I think that was actually my question was, was, you know, what's the difference now learning, you know, this NFL offense and all the roles? Because he's going to have to he's going to have to block. He's going to have to run. He's going to have to catch. He's going to have to understand all these different places to line up. And he's like, it is a lot more studying. But like you said, he's like, hey, I don't have to go to class no more. I'm fine with that. Definitely excited to see the impact he is going to make. Well, stick with us and have them adjustments. We'll be right back. And welcome back to Halftime Adjustments. Chris, I feel like we always say this. It is a crazy time for you guys over at DK Pittsburgh Sports. What have you guys been working on? What's some things that we should keep our eyes out for? Absolutely, Jenna. We're always busy. First of all, our hockey coverage is second to none. We've got Dayon. We've got Taylor. We've got Dave. We've got a whole crew of people cranking out great hockey content, getting you through. If you want to see everything that happens here in the NHL playoffs with the Penguins, there's no better place to check it to check it out. Go to dkpittsburghsports.com, subscribe. You'll get all of our content. Follow games live. Get immediate reactions. Podcasts where they're breaking down. They're talking to other writers, other uh, other coaches, and seeing and, get, and getting the evaluation. Those things are happening right now. And of course, you got Dale Lolly and myself keeping you up to date with the OTAs and how these rookies are going through it and how they'll interact with the team. So much great content only at dkpittsburghsports.com. We are looking forward to all of that. You guys do such a fantastic job as usual. You You join us here in halftime adjustments. We have you guys on final word. We love having you be a part of our team as well. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And thank you for joining us on halftime adjustments. Happy Wednesday.